Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're joined this week again by JB, who has with him a very special guest, first-time podcaster, Pistol. <laughs> Is that how well I'm going this season, that you're just like, oh, I must be a first-timer? Well, look, I've seen your rank climbs during the, the buys, and I just figured, new, new Pistol. No, it's a very slow climb, um, not made the ground. That I've wanted to, although this is the bye week I'm most prepared for. So hopefully I'll come out the other side in the top 10K. Fingers crossed it's going to be close. Well, as always, we are powered by Code Sports, and I will read out my rank off the top. So um, I scored 17.94 this week, just gone. Um, my rank essentially stagnated at 6.4K, uh, 6.4, not 64. Please, please don't think I'm 64K. It's not, it's not 2021, um, am I right? I don't think I was ranked that poorly in 2021. What, 64th? Oh, I thought, I thought you meant 64K. Oh, no, no. 64th, no, okay, cool. That's fine. Oh, thank you then. You're, you're um, welcome. <laughs> but it's not 2021, you're right. Um, how, did, how did you go this week? Uh, you picked me by two points. So, not great uh, given I was hoping to score much better, but, you know, the team sheets were not kind. Uh, Proust not being named... Definitely hurt me there, uh, given I was relying on him to get to my 18th. So I had to trade in uh, where, which was fine, but not a perfect use of a trade for me. Um, I guess it kind of worked out. I freed up cash now, which given some of the happenings this week will give me a bit more flexibility. So it might work out long term, just not kind of what I was expecting. 
Yeah, we'll definitely uh, discuss Priest later in the podcast. Before we get into that, uh, do you have any Cancer Council shout-outs? We do. We have a couple of Cancer Council shout-outs. Um, thank you very much to Chris Moy, who says, this is my prepayment for a donut because of GWS doing it to us again with Bruce being out. Um, to Jason, who quotes a Beatles song. I saw her standing there. I'm not going to try and uh, sing it on the podcast. It says, I've got Why just not? 17. No one wants to hear that, JB, especially people yeah, who are paying for it. No, you know sorry. what I mean? And the way I'm cooked is way beyond compare. So how can I trade in another? I saw where standing there. Um, thank you, Jason. Appreciate your donation. Uh, Rob Volp has donated. Thank you very much for your generous donation. And Mr. Bean says, for refusing to listen to the valued advice from the Slack community and trading in LMAC, I will never be stubborn again, my esteemed friends. Thanks, Mr. Bean. Good <laughs> lesson learned. you were going to say Mr. Beast there. I was like, wow, didn't realize he was a long-time <laughs> listener. That would have been a juicy donation. Um, yeah, th- <laughs> thank you, everyone, of course, again, for your donations and as we've said in the last couple of weeks as we reach loftier and loftier goals uh, we're just so appreciative of everyone getting around the donut for donuts so um, another successful year in that aspect still not over though of course so very much appreciative of you guys um, I've got a few Patreon shoutouts here. We actually had a pretty good week for the old Patreon shoutout so Great. welcome uh, to the new Patreons Bridget Jolly, Ashley Vanderhorst, Norma Stitz, DRSE, uh, William, just just William, Tyson Hoy, James Prattley, Clinton Young, who pissed I think you're getting acquainted to immediately, Clinton, <laughs> uh, and Connor Dolan. So thank you so much to everyone who signed up this week. Um, those of you that did got in just in time for the Dr. Supercoach Cup if you have correctly put your information forward which is now uh, closed so looking forward to that draw coming out very shortly so that's that's a good couple of shout outs there so we have a prize league pistol we do have a prize league which has unfortunately fallen behind schedule each of the months so far but we have a winner for the month of may <laughs> It's no. mid-June. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. uh, apologies. The, the, the site has been a little bit more difficult than expected, but, but we've retrospective got May winner. We have a, a big a big winner, actually, um, with a, a, a month, a four-week mu- of uh, May monthly score of 9,000. Pistol, pistol. <laughs> what are you saying? There's too many M's in there. Yeah, there, there was too many monthly. <laughs> monthly, monthly, May, May month. Score. Monster score. <laughs> Um, Reds Coach Andrew um, Please message Chizo For your prize on um, Slack Can I get one of these mugs? Uh, Mm, If you win one We're not even eligible to get them if we win though (laughs) That's true I mean you you haven't won one before So I don't see why you would win one now I came second once I came second once Well uh, Reds has won it with a 9705 Across the month of May Huge month just pipping uh, Coach Lee of Super Coach Mish, who scored nine six eighty, and third place for the month was uh, Cunning Stunts Coach Mitchell, quite being active in Slack, which we've definitely appreciated. Who got nine six seven four? They were, yeah, far and away the best coaches of of May. And JB, as usual, we'll do the lucky draw prize fresh on the podcast. If you could pick a number between two and hundred and twenty, please. Why can't I pick one? Because I haven't 
given that a team name. <laughs> so you can't pick that okay, one. Okay, I'm going to go 40. All right. The winner of the lucky prize, please message Chizo on Slack, is DRSC Watto. Watto. Congratulations. Yes, good man. Very good contributor, Watto. Um, there's actually a reason I chose 40 pistol. I mean... Do you want to Do you want to know? No, it's okay. Do you want to know? <laughs> okay, what is it? Sure. Uh, I, I just want... Because you're the mathematician here. I want to know what the number 40 is once the defo- decimal is moved over one to the left. One to the left. Ah. Oh. Is this a very well-constructed segue to the Lawnmower 4.0? It is. That so is lads, brilliant. Lads, Australian Autumn is here and gone, actually. This ad is old. Um, luckily, the sponsors of today's show are Manscaped. They're here to make sure the leaves are falling off your tree as smoothly as possible. Their fourth-generation performance package, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0 has all the tools equipped to keep you calm and collected through all weather uncertainty. Time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DRSC. Always remember, lads, when you trim the weeds, the tree stands taller. Now, I promise, I promise you that there will be a different alteration of that ad next week because i think i've run that one too many times pistol you've run it almost as many times have you used the lawnmower 4.0 as a as a hairy man well i think i've run it less times i, I utilize that thing every day <laughs> um all right well that's going to do the housekeeping uh appreciate appreciate it. you know what housekeeping is usually 10 minutes i think we were quite swift during that housekeeping let's not let's not keep talking about it no, no, let's get two more minutes in and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll jump into the podcast. Sure. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this podcast. There, there has been, I think it's fair to say, a little bit of carnage, but also just a little bit of information that has sort of caught our attention that, we, that we'd that like to discuss. So, um, we're just going to dive straight in. I, I've written down a lot of names here, not even in positional order or anything that's not helpful i've just (laughs) written names as they've come to me uh we're going to start off with those who took the punt on dane zorko um i was one of those pistol but i traded him out after he scored that 35 in a fit of rage and i was regretting it a little bit last week but um as zorko does zorko comes and zorko goes so um, a hamstring injury now, you would imagine considering his age, it's the at least minimum two-week injury here. Um, and then he, he comes back for for the last seven or eight weeks. So um, I think at this point, it's safe to assume Zorko is a trade-out. Uh, it's not like he was averaging uber premium numbers prior to the injury. Um, tra- trade-out option and in defense where it's... You've actually got quite a lot of options and on his buy. So it kind of all comes up millhouse when it comes to trading Zorko. I think it's actually a good time. Yeah, honestly, I don't think hamstring injury or non-hamstring injury, it's probably time to trade him out anyway. So not that big of a deal there. The interesting thing is, you know, who are people going to trade him to? Because Tom Stewart is about to drop like 50K after you know, in, in a fortnight, 
or 60k in a fortnight, so he's not quite prime. I think if you don't have Doherty, he's probably still same as last yep. week, the number one target down there. Absolutely. Um, otherwise, yeah, there's free, there's there's a lot of defenders. Not too many of them are cheap at the moment. Um, if you can downgrade, I don't know what rookies are going to be available. There's talk that some rookies might be available um, this week, some defender options. If one's named JB and it doesn't clog up your D six spot, it might be a good way to like redistribute your cash um, so that you could grab you know Stewart in a, a week or two's time. Yeah, I don't mind that. I, th- I don't know how many people will be in that situation. I think people are generally looking at their last upgrade or so. Um, I mean, it could be anywhere in the field, so it absolutely could be in defense. So, um, look, if you are one of those people and you can just make a little downgrade here and upgrade elsewhere and just wait out Stuart, I think that's probably optimal. Um, having said that, there aren't a lot of cheaper options because Zorko has lost a bit of money as well, quite a bit of money, um, due to that poor score two weeks ago. I think you're you're essentially guaranteed looking to trade him up. Um, uh, essentially, there's only one option that I think might actually be worth looking at around his price. Who is it? It's Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> oh no! Let's let's not let's not do this again. <laughs> no, it's it's I've only got, because I've got an option. That's worth trading in. No, That's no, no. Well, can, can we just no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I, don't, I don't really want to let you talk about it, but go go for it. Whitfield just turned up for the first time this year. It was his first game under the brand new coach. I think as much as I'm not trying to push this option, I think there's a legitimate discussion, especially if you watched the game, which I didn't. Unfortunately, Uh, I did. (laughs) If you watched the game and Whitfield did look the goods, um, back to his sort of running best... There's there's a there's a discussion to be made. If if people were short of money and had to go with a, a an option around that price, you could talk me into Lockie Whitfield. You honestly could. But I'm I'm someone who traded him out in round three, so I don't have as much animosity at Lockie Whitfield as as what you do. It was so I, I watched um, after quarter time again. Unfortunately, it was just a training drill for GWS. I wouldn't read too much into the score. The role was the same wing role. Yes, he was running. Well, no, wing roll was good. He was starting the forward line, which was capping him I mean, under Leon. If he had I, the wing roll the entire game, that is a, an improvement in roll. There's not a large enough sample size, and it was against North Melbourne. Agreed. So the I sample size makes it very difficult. Can, I agree. Yeah, You can do it at all. I think if I'm trading in a cheaper player, I'm probably looking at Nick Blakey at 487K. He's had a roll change in the last um, four weeks. Um, and he's become Sydney's primary kick-out taker as well as distributor out of the back line. His last four scores have been 116, 106, 105, 102. And in that period of time, he so he took five of the team's seven kick-outs last week. He didn't play in round 11. In round 10, he took nine of the 10, and Lloyd took one. And in round nine, he took nine of the 11, and Lloyd took two. So there's Do you been think a he's a better shift. selection than Aaron Hall? <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't put me on the spot like that. I, He's I only 9K more expensive. Paul's got the buy, so... Yeah, no, I know that. I, I, I do think Blakey... He's, we're talking about the rest of the season here, not just this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't love any of these options. I probably would get Hall just because past history and how well we know he can score. I do think that... I'd um, absolutely get Hall. Yeah, but I, like get you, Hall. You're obviously, you're buying the, the, the injury risk as well, but... Yeah. Um, I don't mind Salem as a, as a potential, but 
Salem's um, really good, just as an yeah. AFL footballer. Like watching him yeah, play. Yeah, no, he is. Last two it's weeks. just what May does to the kickout situation when he comes back. It's like Salem's obviously he's dropped significantly in price due to that first round uh, knee injury. Uh, so he's just come back. What did he? He scored eighty three in his return, but he was on track for a ton until they got overrun at the end. One hundred and four in game two. If Melbourne go back to winning games. Um, he's a he's a chance to just coast home with a 100 flat average, and at that price, uh, it's not it's not too bad. 30k cheaper in the hole without the injury risk, um, or the same soft tissue injury risk. Um, yeah, look, there's a few players to look at, but essentially, I think you're doing everything in your power, even if you're spending an extra trade to do so, uh, to trade up to pretty much anyone above Mark Blitzavs, Doherty, Crisp. Um, you talk me into Dan Houston. Jordan Dawson, <laughs> Hewitt, Sinclair, Stewart, Sicily. Depending on what you can afford, even if it costs an extra trade, I, I think I'd be doing that. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Even Houston? You could, you could. I could be convinced into Houston, even if it wouldn't be my first option. Okay, I'll like def- defenders That's... just aren't cheap, so you kind no, of they're not paying up regardless, which is yeah. I, I think Doherty is still yeah. far and away one of the best value players in the game this week. Five hundred and thirty-eight k. Um, only owned by twenty three percent. That that should just be higher. It, it, it genuinely should be. Yeah. He's almost, he's the, like the lowest owned player of those big names. He's lower owned than, than Crisp, than Short, than Hewitt, than Sinclair, than Stewart, than Sicily. It's unbelievable. Um, so I think he's a great option. Yeah. We're going to move on. Petrarca is the next one. Talking about downhill skiers and Melbourne in general. Um, I think well, Petrarca, I know for a fact, was on for a very big score. I think he was on 74 points about two minutes into the third quarter. And then Collingwood just dominated. And, and Petrarca was nowhere to be seen. So he's definitely a flat track bully. And I think although it's frustrating having his last three weeks in your side, and he's very cheap, if I, if I was looking towards a midfielder at that sort of price range, I would actually be looking to trade him in. <laughs> I, I just think Melbourne can't keep score can't keep playing this way when as soon as they turn it around, he averages one fifteen for the rest of the year. Uh, I genuinely think that. I think he registered a clangor when he dropped the ball in the goal square on the goal line and it like trickled through his legs and he didn't score a goal in that I think it was the last quarter or third quarter yep. when that happened. And that play so minusing points instead of gaining a goal a kick you know effective kick and a goal so actually can i just add add to this yeah that was as soon as he hit 74 so he'd already got 16 points for the quarter for his five or six really good acts and he was getting those momentum points like you get the scaling because you're dominating so much that actually happened at the peak of that so he was on 74 for about eight seconds before he got that chance in the goal square, he I think he would have gone into at least 88, maybe 90 with that goal. Yeah, I, I think he just that one play in that game cost him from scoring like 115 in this game. So yep. I wouldn't be talking about it if you know he didn't have butterfingers. Uh, he is definitely uh, someone that I'm not looking to trade out in the flat track bully. And Melbourne really are too good to be this you know, to keep losing. And I think it's been a lot of poor, um, no fault of the midfield. It's it's mostly been defenders falling over themselves and getting injured in the last couple of games that, that's costing them, you know, some wins. And they'll push through, they'll fight back. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried really about Petrarca. I do think there's, you know, opportunities if you're 
potentially getting a zero this week and you want to trade him out and you've got money and you can get like a lead or something, like I, I wouldn't talk out anyone from stopping themselves getting a donut by trading. I, I want that to only be an option if you actually don't believe he's going to come back. Like, Don't yeah. just do it just because of the donut, like just sideways a rookie or something like that. I think Petrarca, if you own him and like me, you believe he's going to bounce back and he's just had the worst run of his season, of the last two seasons even, um, then then just don't trade him. I, I don't think it's worth I the trade just trade for this one I think I've seen people float Petrarca to Zeret because it's you know only 50K, but that doesn't really seem... Petrarca outscored Zeret this week. Yeah, I know, but because he's got the buy, people are looking to trade Petrarca to Zeret, and that doesn't seem worth it to me. Um, would you advise anyone to trade in Petrarca this week? Not this week, sorry, next week. Probably not. For last upgrade. <laughs> I, I, I don't think... Yeah, look, it's, it's really tough. If someone was balling on a budget... Um, it's pretty much him, uh, Tom Green, Travis Boke around that same sort of area. And then you look to paying 50K to go up to the likes of the the safer, I suppose, in quotation marks, um, Zach Merritt, who didn't even turn up this week. Um, I, I actually think I do like Petrarca out of all those options. And if you were floating around the 550, sub 550 range, um, that that's absolutely the guy that I'd be going for. Unless, of course, you don't yeah. have Patrick Cripps or well, something. But. Jack Steele, when he returns, will be... 550 after you know a week or two so depending if you can plug that gap in the meantime with somebody like maybe Himmelberg that we'll talk about later that that might be the play instead will he really be 550 yeah about that remember he he got injured with that 70 score but in the game before that he also had a 70 score oh, so wow. he's had back to back 70s so he's he's break even is 192 okay and then he comes back, scores 110, goes down to 550, and has a break-even still of 135. Yeah, wow. Okay. I mean, that that if you can wait out for that, then that is absolutely optimal. But um, if not, then I, I don't mind the Petrarca option out of all those guys, but let's just hope no one's shopping in the in the Audi aisle, I guess. <laughs> um, around that price tag, Stephen Cornelio... Um, we've got to talk about him. 174 this week. So that's two scores, 140 plus since the new coach came in. One score of 85 uh, that he pretty much had up until halftime against Brisbane before fading out. Um, they've got a couple of people coming back into that midfield. I think that does quell his um, ceiling. ceiling a lot. Um, definitely his ceiling. I think it also lowers the floor out a little bit depending on who is is having the better game. I would not trade into him if I didn't own him. I would be happily owning him right now if I did. If I didn't own him, if I'd already traded him out, I think you just cut the losses of of two of the last three weeks and and move on. It's a bit of a tough one because even though he scored, you know, incredibly well and as, as we've said before, like you can't really get those points back and it's tough because he's got a convenient buy for people that you know might be shopping this week and he's coming off a big score so it's like kind of I'd say now or never um, who were the two opposition teams that he, he scored well against no I mean he scored well against West Coast and North Melbourne which is somewhat mm. predictable against those two teams as well because they're poor but you've got Hopper who's two weeks away you've got Taranto who is meant to have some sort of fitness test so he'll be one or two weeks away I yep. just it's, a, it's the same feeling where I, I just can't I don't want to buy somebody where I'm so unsure of what his role is going to be when he comes back. I know the coaches said, oh, midfield's his best role, but all coaches say that sort of stuff. It doesn't really mean too much. I mean, what's the coach going to say, Hopper? 
Like Hopper is going to say to Hopper, yeah, your your best position is the midfield. It's not going to play Hopper in the forward line. Well, probably not. Um, I mean, he might do that with Taranto, but yeah, it's there's just do you know what it's as well? Too like, hard. It's too high risk for me there. I know Perryman's out for a little bit as well, but he was absolutely incredible in the midfield. He he was maybe their best player before getting injured on the weekend. Yep. Um, Josh Kelly has been best on ground for multiple weeks before getting tagged this week. There are so many players that can go through there. And if you've got someone young like Taranto, the previous coach has been fired. Are you really just going to play him out of position still for the rest of the year when you're trying to get a job? I, I don't know. I think Taranto gets his, his time in there as well. I think Hopper can only actually play in there. I just think it's interesting. I, I think it's a bit of a merry-go-round. I, it's something I don't want to trade into, but if you're one of the guys who kept the faith, then you've still got a premium on your hands. So... Um, I think you're also extremely happy, but traders, look, I, I see it a lot in our Slack and it's the toughest part in the game is to trade someone out based on a break even when you think there's a sliver of hope with a new coach coming in, but you, you just can't afford to lose the money. And it, it's it's so unfortunate, but at the end of the day, we make decisions based on the information that we have at hand and you just can't beat yourself up over something like this because if you kept him alternatively in a, in a, in a different universe and he did score 47 and played forward pocket, you would be livid with yourself for not making such an obvious decision against the break even. Um, it, it's just so... I, 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 I'm going off track here a bit, Pistol. I just see people beat themselves up over these trades all the time and it, we're making decisions on a game that is completely unpredictable. As much as we can guess what players are going to go, they're only guesses. This game is still unpredictable. Josh Kelly was pegged in for a 170 this week. North Melbourne put their first good tagger on an actual player for the entire season. Why? So randomly, why would you do that when they still got smashed? Like it's, We're making predictions on a game that is unpredictable at times. Um, there's things... Are- bathed in logic but jb i think the thing to remember is there is 10 weeks to go we are only you know one game more than halfway through the season and these players as i said the return dates even at worst case timeline is like you know three weeks away for both those people that means canelio has to still have seven weeks with both of them in the team that's a lot of weeks like that's a lot of the season no i I agree I, I agree with your Canelio decisions. Um, I just don't want people just, beating themselves up over decisions that they make. It's so teams. early. In the, it feels like, I think because of the trades, just how often we're trading and how hard we're trading, it, it might feel like more of the season's gone by, especially that now we're down to like, you know, single-figure trades um, after having 35. It kind of feels like the end is well, nigh. Sp- but there's speak for so, yourself. Sorry. There's so many games still to play. Like, it's just a long season. All right, I'm going to stick with the GWS theme that we've somehow fallen into now. Um, Harry Himmelberg, as a forward option this week, scored 187, has now had three weeks in his uh, brand-new role, playing at half-back uh, or full-back. Um, scored 80 against West Coast, where obviously he didn't see much of the ball. 126 against Brisbane. 187 against North Melbourne. Did have majority of the kickouts but not not a vast majority just around um 50 percent yeah um and and obviously <laughs> is learning his role really well he, he looked incredible on the weekend and look it's i know they've got a couple of ins coming back in do you have faith in his position like you do or like you don't with canelios <laughs> 
Um, I mean, he. This isn't the first time that he was a defender. I believe he was like a junior defender, then turned forward and now turned back again. I think the key thing is that like Haynes was fit and then just wasn't in the team because he hasn't added much to the side this season. Hey, oh, no, no, don't don't even sugarcoat it. He's been really bad. He's been very bad this year. Very, and very bad. Himmelberg straight away was really good down back, like incredibly good. I, I'm. You know, watching the game, I was he was intercept marking. He was. I'm trying to think of who he played similarly to. Um, kind Dan of, Houston. I hate to say it, kind of like Sicily. Um, oh, no. Yeah, Sicily Ridley, that that type of player. Um, I guess it was against North Melbourne, so the forward fifty entries were very poor, and he was able to pick it off. But he was also really good against Brisbane, so. Well, you don't need a 187 every week. No, you don't. And I think what happens with him is his price, while still expensive, he went up 85K this week in one week, which is remarkable. His break-even now is minus 61, so he's 435K. If he scores an 81, which seems in this current Likely. role, seems decent, he's going to go up 63K. And then after that, with a 96, he'll go up another 33K. So we're talking almost a 100K price rise in just two weeks if he's decent at his role, not if he's good at his role. So it just feels like a very low-risk investment. If if you've got the money and you've got the trades, it doesn't seem like a bad move just to pop him in and see what happens. I mean, for my team, which is a pretty good example, is... I have about 450k to spend and I would have to use a trade to downgrade a rookie to a you know non-playing rookie at this stage because there's not many playing rookies to free up another 100k so I could buy a 550k Tom Stewart or I can just buy Himmelberg this week instead wait 2 weeks Himmelberg will go up 100k Stewart falls 100k and I've made my money up there and then if Himmelberg looks bad, I'll sideways trade him to Stuart. If Himmelberg is great, then I'll consider sideways trading someone else to Stuart and keeping Himmelberg. So I think using that kind of logic and using him as a cash cow when rookies aren't making anywhere near you know, more money than he will be, I think it's just like a low risk. He, he might go 100 plus and then you've just got him for the rest of the season and it just feels like a solid play. So I guess my question is, Phil Davis is one that comes back soon as well. Yeah. Um, I know it's not just Nick Haynes. I don't think they're exactly like for like. I don't think no. Phil Davis suddenly pushes him forward or anything. But I just think the entire dynamic of the team, for example, with Hopper and Taranto coming back soon, I know... Um, oh, my Lord. What is his name? Perryman. Perryman. Um I know he's been playing in the midfield. He gets potentially pushed out of the midfield. There could be a chain reaction in which we see Himmelberg going back forward in about three or four weeks' time. Does that not worry you? I know he's already made money by that point, um, but his his ceiling immediately goes from like a 187 to like 80. He hasn't been scoring that well as a forward. Yeah. He's scoring well at all. I think you know if you're buying him that you're at risk of then having to trade him out, but... At the same time, he's going to be more expensive than 435k when you trade him out. So you're still going to make money regardless. And then you've also got the added fact that he just might be really good and continue playing. I mean, I don't really think he's going to be pushed forward now. Watching him play, it was a very 
Um, well, there's still pre- goals. So <sighs> he was a pre- it was a premeditated move. Like the coach came in and he's like, right, these are my changes to the side. Himmelberg, you're playing as a defender. Like that wasn't something they just stumbled into. This was like an active change that McVeigh wanted to do. So I would be surprised if then he threw him back forward, especially given how good he's been. I don't really I agree th- with that logic. I don't think the role is up for grabs. Maybe the ceiling might be capped. I mean, I'm, I'm never expecting him to score 187 ever again in his entire career. But if you can get 100 average out of him, you know, from uh, here on he out. versus Collingwood in a week. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if he's playing on Mason Cox, he's not going to touch the ball. Am I allowed right. to mention Cox? Is the Cox bound lifted? No, 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 no. Uh, it's close. If he if he got voted, if he didn't get robbed of that trophy on the weekend, absolutely it was lifted. The Cox was lifted, but he didn't. So the band's not raised. So I still no, can't talk not, about not Cox. Yet. Not yet. Oh. Not yet. Not yet. No. If he if he backs it up this week, then all then lids are off. It's going to be Cox time on the podcast. It, look, honestly, if if Cox even gets a disposal this weekend, you can talk about him next podcast. Well, I like those odds. Well, oh, wait, I'm not on the next podcast, am I? This is how I find out. Yeah, no, you are. No, you are. <laughs> well, whichever podcast you're on next, just yes. one disposal this weekend. It sounds great. Um, we're going to move on to Bruce. We can we can um, keep talking about Cox. That's fine. No, 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 no. One disposal this weekend, and it's all yours. Okay, the fine. Cox is yours. So Bruce is the next discussion point. Uh, can I can I just hand the mic to you for this one? If you're handing it back to me, I might have to go back and talk about. <laughs> no, 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 Bruce, please. You're you're a Bruce owner. <laughs> I I am a Bruce owner. Um, just want to point out how funny our Bruce versus Gorn debate went last week with Gorn getting like double injured and seventy, and Bruce not playing. It couldn't have gone better. <laughs> it's like a nil-nil draw. <laughs> it's so bad. I genuinely don't know. I, I, we both lost in an argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels um, bad. Look, there's not much to say. Um, again, I think, but I'm not the coach, that Pruce is just so much better than Flynn. I mean, Flynn got destroyed in the ruck. Like, Flynn was almost worst on ground, which is pretty it's crazy. A tough, it's a tough ruck duo to come up against. I mean... Goldstein uh, has done that to a lot of ruckmen this year. Well, the rucks, so the hitouts were 60 to North Melbourne and 13 to GWS. Yeah, okay. That, that's that's it does, bad. It doesn't look great on paper. And that, that was with like GWS controlling the ball as well for like large portions of the game. Like Flynn couldn't really get amongst it. He was, um, yeah, he was struggling. Like he, he just looked really bad. I, I don't think it works at all. I, I'd be surprised if, I mean, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The good part for Flynn is that they won by so many points. So they might say, hey, no change. We won by so much. But he was not good. And he got well beaten. Um, it so just what makes if Bruce sense to me that doesn't Bruce get named coming. this week? Look, if Bruce isn't named this week, it's you'd think it's going to be a trade. And then if it's going to be a trade, you're probably trading to wits at this stage. And if you already own wits, you're probably thinking, well, I'll flick English at R2 if I, or, or trade to English um, and trade him to Himmelberg because they're the same price. If... Proust is named this week. Is he still to you, and maybe not this week, is he still a trade? The job security is clearly named. not going to be there. Yeah. No, no, like, no gonna, as in in future. I, it'll be questionable. It'll be like if he's dropped again, then I'll trade. Yeah. But he won't be, and he'll average 110 for the rest of the season, and yeah, it'll be yeah, glorious. Sure. Na- naturally, naturally. <laughs> um, okay. I, I think that whole situation is going to be interesting to monitor, but he um, better be operating back. under the assumption that he's back this week, I think it's an easy hold. Um, operating under the assumption that he's not named this week, you just trade him as soon as possible. I think, I mean, the problem is people have wits, and then they're looking to trade to like Gorn or Darcy, <laughs> who... You can't really get gone now when we don't know what's wrong with him. No, and you definitely can't get gone. Darcy's on his bye. So I think well, the wit, best. Wit, I think is, Wits is better than both of them, though. If you had Wits, I think the move then would just be to play Wits in English until you know more information. Yep. And get Himmelberg. <laughs> I think so. Honestly, you, you let him go up in price for two weeks and then you trade him <laughs> to Darcy or gone. Mills versus Laird for a lot of people's last midfield slot. Um, I think this one's very interesting because it's essentially Mills has been the guy for a lot of the year. Laird has the better fixture run. Um, they're both the same price. What do you think about this one? Because I think if Mills hadn't had a couple of just mediocre weeks leading in, I think it'd be obviously Mills. But now that he's had that sort of form and he's and Laird has the better fixture run, I think it's now Laird. That's an interesting take. Um, I, is I that think, a hot take? I, I think Mills has a higher ceiling, um, obviously, because he scored 200 and he, he seems to be able to score like 80 points and a half more than any other player in the AFL. And then sometimes he goes on to score 110 and sometimes he scores 200. Um, but well, Laird, Sometimes he gets moved into defense and, and doesn't score well at all. That's true. That also happens. Um, Led to me is just that like almost Titch-like in his consistency where he just racks up 30-plus touches a game, does his job, doesn't have a bad game. I mean, this season, he's only had two scores under 116, um, and one was his first game back from injury where he scored that 93. I mean, he now has had um, one sub-ton in his last 22 games, which was his first game back of injury. That's, That's one in 22 games. That's absurd how well he's scoring and they're not just little tons like as i said this season only two below 116 if you're getting a guy that's putting out 120 plus on a regular basis um for me it's just it's just led then with an easy draw as well yeah i think i think people would naturally lean led anyway um although the mill ceiling is so attractive 
Um, I think the the fixture run just puts it over the puts it over the line. I think I think Laird just becomes a little bit more obvious then. Would he get tagged um, by North Melbourne because he plays them twice, or would someone like Dawson? Uh, nah, probably not. I mean, it's possible he gets tagged twice, and then it's a terrible fixture well, run. I, I get it, but like it didn't work this week, did it? I mean, Josh Kelly I mean, still turned up and they lost by like 10 goals. Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, I didn't really know what they could have done better. No, nothing. But like, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation, but I don't think tagging is really... I don't think they should push out one of their midfielders to get Turner into the midfield to tag each well, week. Horn France like, is getting suspended anyway. Well, that doesn't... I mean, so there's, there's space. I guess they just bring in Taron Thomas though, so... You you would imagine so if you're Taron Thomas. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think we can look at that as a as a bad fixture for midfielders now. I think Led scores well both times against North Melbourne, regardless. Yeah, that's so right. Um the next discussion point is Will Brody. And I think this one's super interesting because it's really divisive, but I think it's obvious. I'm interested to hear your take. I think he's obviously a hold, and I, I think he's still a premium. He scored 82 at the worst possible time for our, our mentality of, of what we think of him um, because five came back and, oh, my God, he scored 82. He had more CBAs. He had the, the time of ground, I think it dropped just a little bit, not even that much, but he had more CBAs anyway. Um, I, he just butchered the ball. He, he had almost no effective di- uh, disposals, especially by foot. Um, is that a five factor or is that just a Hawthorne factor? Hawthorne have been playing pretty well and pretty competitively in the midfield. Look, they've got Carlton, Port, St. Kilda in the next three. Um, I'll be shocked if Brody isn't turning up in two out of those three. I don't think he's worth the trade at all this week. Um, there's a percentage chance where he's worth a trade in a week or two's time. But if you're trading him this week anticipating the drop-off, um, there's every chance he just goes on to burn you for the rest of the year. I, he's still an incredible player. He's in their best midfield. He, he might be... I think he started on the bench this week and is potentially, quote-unquote, the fourth midfielder. But even still, he had more CBAs. Like, you can't argue that it's it's his role is impacted. He's going forward. He's not. He, he's playing in the CBAs or going to the bench. <laughs> That's very accurate. He, um, I mean, I watched the game. He had 100% midfield time. Like he, he wasn't forward ever the whole game. Yeah, not so once. Uh, to me, the role is fine. I mean, look, I don't think he played particularly well. This was one of the worst games I've seen him play. I mean, he seemed to not be the first person in the contest. Like Sarong seemed to be getting a lot more of the contested stuff and Brody was just like kind of backup secondary guy. And that may have just been because of the matchup, because of, he, you know, ate something funny on that morning. He just had a bad game and he scored 82 as a forward, and I think that's totally fine. I'd be concerned if he actually lost his role. And yeah, he had low time on ground, but you know what? Will Brody has low time on ground games. Yep, it just, <laughs> just happens. It happens throughout the season. He gets stuck. The problem is when you go to the bench that often. So much, yeah. You can get stuck. You can get stuck. So many people have been getting stuck this year because it gets stuck on the opposite wing or in a pocket or there's no goals because it's been it's been really defensive at times this year in, in games. It's been a slug, especially in Fremantle games. He might be the most prone player to getting stuck in the, in the entire league. Yeah. Um. So look, it 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 just happens. It, it just it just happens. If He's you good. were going to have less than eighteen players, is he somebody you would consider sideways trading for? Let's say a top tier forward, so like an English or a Bontempelli. 
So you can't possibly get English or Bontepelli without sideways trading a forward. Is that? Yeah, let's say you kept Canelio and you have Butters and you have Dunkley and Parker and now you've got Will Brody and you're like, well, no, I'm, I'm missing I'm trading, Bont. I'm trading Butters before Brody for one reason only. And that's and by the way, I'm not trading butters. But if if I was in that exact situation, you're missing one of the top two guys, like Bont or English. I would trade butters if you had the trade situation. Etc. You're going to cop a zero. Only and you have the trade situation. <laughs> Only because butters is just prone to getting knocks, and it's now affected four of his high scoring games where he was looking good. Um, he was looking good. God damn. He, I mean, he was on 95 when he got the knock with about eight minutes left and then scaled down to like 91. <laughs> came on, got and a clanger. <laughs> and then came on, got a clearance out of the middle that ended up in a, a mark that literally just should have been brought to ground. That is was like an eight-point turnaround and he ended up on 87 because he got brought back off the field because he was, he was mummified. So unlucky to get that 87. It should have been a ton. Um, regardless, again, I don't want to sound like I'm just making excuses for him every single week um, because that's what we've been doing. And that's why he's more of a trade-out than Will Brody is because it gets to a point where a guy is just prone to getting knocks because he's so hard at the footy. And as much as I, I think he's still going to average 100 plus from here and I, I'm not trading him personally, if I had to, I would trade him before Brody. Yeah, I think if you're going to cop a zero, like I agree with your like logic behind it. I think if you are going to cop a zero, it's probably a different story though because that's just 100 points down the drain by not making the trade and then then Brody has to catch up 100 on Butters for the rest of the season, which he might do, yeah. but he'd have to outscore him by you know 10 points a game over the last 10, 10 rounds and I'm not super sure he's going to outscore him by 10 points a game. He might. It'd be close. It's, it's not like it's Wait. an obvious answer. Sorry, you said Brody would have to catch up to Butters. It'd yeah. be like Butters catching up to Bont instead, wouldn't it? Mm, well, yeah, there'd be an offset based on the... It's no, no it wouldn't be. Butters. It wouldn't be because Bont and Pelly would be in both sides. So it'd be a direct... Brody would have to catch up 100 points on Butters for the rest of the season to come out even in those two equations. But to be honest, Brody might do that anyway. So it's it's not clear-cut Wait, for sure. I'm still confused at that because in both equations, you're trading out one of Brody or Butters anyway. So I don't know how they become against each other for the 100 points. But that's, that's why we're, we're discussing trading out one to Bont versus the other to Bont. Bont's in both equations, so they cancel each other out. But we can talk about it off the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, please listen to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm like shaking my head here. Um, Darcy Cameron is the next talking point. He's now the 10th ranked forward this season. <laughs> Um, can, oh can you God. believe that? Um, wait, what is what is that? Oh, that's on price. Okay, that's on highest price. Maybe I've have I gone too early here? Yeah, he's not the tenth ranked forward. Okay, I've I've made an error. Uh, he's the twenty fifth ranked forward right. on total points, but on price, he's the tenth ranked forward. So that's huge. Um, five round average is probably he's, he'd be up there. So he's got a hundred and nine five round average. Okay, he's sick there. That's a better stat. That's wrong stat. with that one. Yeah. Um, he he's rolling. He's on fire. He's made a hundred k on the season. Price at five hundred nineteen. Here's a simple sideways trade if you wanted to. Um, th- I think the only factors that are essentially he's on the buy this week, and uh, Brody Grundy will return at some point this season. We assume. Um. What do you do with Darcy Cameron? Because since this hot vein of form, he's gone 115, 
108, 90, 130, 93, 129, and 103. Um, that's not bad. I think the biggest issue with him is, is he comes up against wits off the bye, and then the the tandem of um, Sherry and Goldstein after that. So that's two tough games post by. Um, Grundy potentially back not long after that. I don't want to anticipate a drop off because he's been scoring well against Ruckman all season and, and he's just he's just good at this point. Um, but at what point do you trade him or is he a keeper for the whole season? I think we just need to define Darcy Cameron a little bit. It's a great question. So if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I, I would have thought, well, there's a chance that Collingwood just loses the next couple of weeks, no chance of finals, and you know they don't bother rushing Grundy back and Darcy Cameron's a keeper for the season then. Given Collingwood's you know, return to form and, I guess, easier fixtures in the next couple of weeks, we're probably looking at battling it out for a final spot, in which case Grundy is definitely coming back in the side. And unfortunately for Cameron, it's not going to be like a, you know, 50-50 split where Cameron can still score well. Like it's going to be Grundy is going to be the major person in the ruck and Darcy is going to be the major person up forward for Collingwood. And that means Cameron's scoring potential just goes from, you know, 100 to 60 real quick, uh, literally. And he can't, he can't be a keeper then. He's got four weeks until Grundy's meant to come back. Maybe they put Grundy through the VFL if Collingwood's winning. Maybe they play him an extra two weeks. And then he's got six weeks, but he's not, going to be there as a keeper for the rest of the season now that means you can either trade him this week if you're missing like an english or bontempelli or you can just hold him until the point comes where grundy returns and then trade him because in the meantime jb he's going to still score tons yeah but he absolutely will i mean he's got that those tough two games off the rip which you might get sometimes but he's been scoring fine like even his low games, he's had a 19 and 93 as his low games. Um, to quote the the averages with Grundy, it's pretty grim. I know he had a 19 against Adelaide, so I'm not quite sure what happened there. I think he was subbed out for Cox or something that week. No, I, I remember Cox. I remember Cox being the sub one week, and everyone was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And Cameron was actually the guy subbed out, and it was like, "Wow, that worked out." Maybe <laughs> not that week, but um, essentially, he averaged um, 46.6 with Grundy in the side. So that's not good. Um, I don't think he goes back to that because I think his confidence is up. He, he might be a, a seventy average, all of a sudden, but like it's it's not it's not a holdable guy um, at that point. But I think you just you just roll the dice. You just play him until until you can't. Yeah. Uh, you keep you keep a trade in your back pocket on top of the three or four that you want for injuries, and and that's that's what that trade goes to eventually. So uh, it's a really good position to be in. He he's done. He's gone far and beyond what people could have envisioned when trading him in. So um, fair play, very risk adverse trade and, and worked out extremely well. So I didn't have the guts to do it. I, I couldn't even endorse it on the podcast. Um, so the fact that it's turned out so well is a credit to people who went for that move. Um, I got one more guy to talk about before we get into a little bit of a discussion. Um, Jordan Degoe, I had to scroll down a little bit further. So he's 22nd ranked forward on total points. I think he was he was tempting people a bit. He he was he scored the one twelve against Carlton, the eighty nine against Hawthorne, which was right on the line. People were thinking, is he a keeper? Is he not? Um, boom, sixty two against Melbourne in a win, um, thus proving that he's not a keeper this year. Um, he's still got the role. It's such a confusing digression from digression. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think depends I what you're going to say next. 
<laughs> such a digression from what he was doing last year. Regression. Regression. That's the one. That's the one. I digress. That's that's. Yeah, I gotta. I knew it was wrong, so that's why I paused on it. Um, anyway, such a regression from what he was putting out last season in this exact same role. So I think it's caught a lot of people by surprise. But um, here we are, and I think he's quite obviously a trade out. <laughs> I mean, I I don't really know what to say about Degoey. I, I do think he's a trade out. He's. I don't want to speak too ill of a, a Collingwood's player, but um, it's not that good. We finally talk ill about Darcy Cameron earlier. I mean, no, Cameron's been way better than I ever anticipated he would be. I have high hopes for Dugowie, and he's not been living up to them. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure he actually is as good as he thinks he is. Maybe not. I, I think it's been more difficult this year. Um just because last year, I think it was it, it was just a bit easier because it was simplified. It was see ball, get ball, run, kick ball. Um, I think this year, um, there's obviously a lot more tactics. It's kind of, I don't want to compare him to, to Dan Houston, but um, when Dan Houston was first put in the midfield and I got all excited about this 106 average that he could get in the midfield, um, I, think it, I think when things become more complicated, when you start getting tasks, when you start getting told where to run and, and what channels to use, I think it can just impact the scoring for, for a year or so while he still assimilates into that role. So I still think he's a good option potentially in future. I just don't think it's this year. He's clearly shown us it's not this year. So um, I don't want to write him off as a player. I, I'm a big Dugowie fan. so I'm, I'm You're still more of a Dugowie him. fan than I am. I am. I am. I don't really know where it comes from, but I, I just like the lad, and I think he's the first guy that people sort of jump on when when things go wrong. So I'm I'm happy to, to fly the flag for Dugowie, but um, it's just not this season for him. You have to trade him out, and um, I, th- <laughs> I think the options are pretty obvious. Yeah, you can either trade up to to one of the really good guys that you missed out on, like any one of the Bulldogs, even Liberatore. I would put in as a really good trading option this week. Um, especially without Bailey Smith for a few weeks, updated midfield time. Um, but if you can't get anyone like that and you do need a circuit breaker, um, I would absolutely implore people to to take the Himmelberg risk if they're so inclined to do so. Um, otherwise, you're essentially you're looking at making money to, to go up somehow or going all the way down and redistributing like we discussed earlier with um, that defender guy. Zorko. Yep. No, good call. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that does it for the specific players to chat about. I just want to have a quick discussion before we move on to captains, um, and especially before we forget captains again. Um, trades when full premium, what is defined as a good enough full premium to say full premium, um, and how concerned are you with bench cover at this point? So let's start. Let's start by defining a good enough full premium. Um, a lot of people have fringe guys in their lines and it's getting to a point now where people are starting to clue onto the sideways. If you, if they haven't already, I was very aggressive about it at the beginning of the buys. But if you're now doing sideways trades, how good is your full premium and how many trades would you have left? I'm trying to, I'm trying to word this as best as possible so it's like easy for you to just jump into. Um, it's not an easy question, so I don't think you're going to get an easy answer. No, 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 no. I think I, I think I've got something here. So, Shoot. 
how many trades would you have left before you say, you know what, this is my best full premium. I should stop sideways trading now because this is too few trades to now be mucking around with guys. I think I think you want four or five. I mean, I yep. think what happened when I was talking this podcast and said there's still 10 rounds left, I was like, holy cow, 10 rounds? That's a lot. I'm only going to have you know, seven trades after this week or, or something like that, probably seven. And I was like, that's not very many trades. So I really need to be careful with my last upgrade in, you know, how many trades I'm going to use to free up cash to be able to make that upgrade. And then after that, if I want to sideways trade someone like Jack Steele in or uh, Tom Stewart, you know, make sure that I'm not using more trades than I need to in those situations because, Finding myself any less than four, I think I'm going to be in trouble on the way home. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's fine to identify players that you don't think you're in your best full premium. Trade them or sideways them to you up to about four or five trades left. And and if you're if you're really pushing it, you're like, oh, this gets me down to four. I think that's fine. Um, but also assess the the risk in your side, I guess. Um, if Aaron Hall is one of those guys that you're trading in, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that four is, is not enough. Um, so j- just, I suppose, assess your guys and, and sort of make decisions based on that and as your well. Bench cover. But assess your bench cover. Bench cover is the last one, yeah. So I have terrible bench cover. I, I don't know if I will even have bench cover come full premium. Um, that's, that's just the way the chips have fallen. So what are we doing? Are, we, are, we, are you sort of... Are you willing to do trades down to seven or six at full premium and then a trade or two to sort of strengthen your bench? Or would you rather just have six trades and as soon as an injury happens, you just you just sideways them? It's a very tough debate. We have this every year. I think it, for this one, it's more about the players that you currently have. I don't think I would actively make a trade in to like make to bring in someone to cover my bench. But if I had someone like Dacos and yep. I could spend an extra trade and be able to keep him for the rest of the season and you know use him to cover across two lines, I probably would just make an extra trade to keep Dacos. But I wouldn't like trade Dacos into my side, if that makes sense. No, I I think you said it perfectly. Same with like McCartan or DeConning. If you could just make one extra trade to to sort of do the upgrade that you're looking to do and get the cash elsewhere from another rookie that's potentially not going to get as much game time, um, I would 1,000% do that and and try and keep one of those guys, especially if they've got DPP, just keep them rotating between a couple of bench spots and and do it for as long as physically possible because I think it's going to get to a point where we're going to rely on those guys later in the season and they're just good. You could probably use Dacos as a loop with whoever your D6s. Yeah, I mean, you never know when you're going to get a spike if, game. I think there's. If you've got Shaw or Rich, I think you could absolutely loop Dacos as much as possible. Yeah, no, certainly. There's there's players that have just popped up at the right time. I mean, even Greg Clark, if you can manage to keep him, you know, on your midfield bench, that's okay cover for the rest of the season. You don't have to stress yep. too much. I mean, I wouldn't be using two trades to try and bring in, you know, like a 90 averaging player just for bench cover no, i'd rather keep yeah, the yeah. trades and have you know greg clark and if it's a serious injury just use one of the trades i think as the season progresses you know that threshold for an injury you know if somebody misses three weeks right now they're an obvious trade but later in the season two weeks might be an obvious trade and you know last round one week is an obvious trade so 
the bench cover will matter less as the season goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's have a quick discussion about captains and then uh, we'll close this podcast off. So um, what are your early thoughts? Or do you want to know my early thoughts? Uh, you're the captaincy guru, so you go ahead and then no, I'll I really step don't in. like that name. Well, you've, you've um, done all right. I have done all right. This week is tough though. Um, very, very difficult. I think I'm, you're probably looking at Cripps versus Richmond or if you wanted to be... Uh, I, I don't think I'd advise Hewitt versus Richmond. I think you're looking at a VC Crips versus Richmond. Um, you're potentially looking at a Parish VC if you're keen. I think Crips is probably your best VC shout, definitely. Uh, this whole week. Cap- yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, and then captains-wise, I, I, I just think it's one of the Bulldogs. And which one that is, I, I honestly don't know. It's probably... It's oh God, it's probably McRae or Bond or Dunkley. <laughs> well, let me tell <laughs> you, English, if, if Flynn is in and Bruce is out, I'll probably be captaining English. Yeah. Do you agree with the Crips vice-captaincy? Yeah. Look, I mean, Doherty's also... I, I think I'd do Crips before Doherty, but I, I'd, I'd yeah, consider I Doherty. Um, there's not... I mean, Walsh as well, I would consider Walsh. I don't own yep, Walsh. Yep, yep. He's up there. I think Crips over Walsh still, but yeah. Then you've probably... There's the, yeah, I mean, Mills is always a good scorer. So, I mean, it's not a Port great have matchup. Been, yeah, it's just weirdly restrictive against opposition players this year I think, uh, without even tagging. So, I think, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. I think... You um, go to Laird, as, as I think, is a pretty safe captaincy option. Um even against Gold Coast, I think yeah. Took is a potential one against Adelaide as well. But um, yeah, be. it's it's not like a, it's not a tap in. Like Took against North felt great, and and you could sort of ignore the low floor that Took's had this year because it's against North, and he should go one fifteen plus. Adelaide is kind. Of, I, I need to look up Adelaide's history, but early days, I think Vice Captain Cripps into a Bulldog or Took. Um, or Laird, sorry, uh, are my best options this week. I don't really like wits either for those considering. Again, Riley O'Brien, I think, will be a good a good ruck battle. Not having Clary O'Neill is uh, is very annoying, isn't it? Because those <laughs> two are they're the mainstays in the, in the VCC options. So um, that's a bit frustrating. I, I think I'm locked into Crips at this point already. What about um, if Dusty is out, which I think he's almost... Yeah, I don't know if it's confirmed. Probably, definitely, yeah. Uh, Short should get more midfield time, and last time he got a lot of midfield time, he did quite well. Uh, no, I'm not VC short. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought I'd throw it out there. I hope he scores well, but I'll just projection. be happy to happy to own him. Um, oh, do I, can I throw out like a, a left field one? Bruce. No, uh, I think Essendon are one of the most open teams to score against this year. I think Sinclair is a good option um, as a VC. He's if in you, some good form, that man. If you, for some reason, don't fancy Crips uh, this week, I think Sinclair could be a really good POD. But yeah, or Brad um, Crouch. I for all think Brad Crouch owns. Yeah, for the, for the <laughs> seventy-three of you that own Brad Crouch, <laughs> and the this four of those who listen to this podcast. Yep. Good good option there. Um, shit, this this week is tough. What about Tom Stewart? Um. Yeah, I just. I don't know if halfbacks do that well against West Coast. They just don't... Like, the ball's not there. They don't see the ball enough. Maybe Tom Stewart in a wing roll, but he's coming back from concussion. I think they just... He, he actually thing at right. I think that's 
He could be. That's, he that, could be. That's definitely an underrated one, I think. For I want you to rank your Bulldogs. Oh, Let, let's say, let's say, let's say, Bruce and Flynn are playing. Oh, you made that a bit more difficult. Um, I think that I think that's the likely result, I so that's why I went with that. I think I'm still going to Captain English with both yep. playing. I feel like that's he'll still get enough of the ball around the ground that it'll be okay. Um, yep. Who's second? That's hard. <laughs> so with my, my thinking behind it is I know Hunter's meant to come back in the side because Bailey Smith's out of the side and I just don't know if McRae gets pushed If more Hunter's into back a, in, McRae's my captain. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I mean, I can see that. But as well, there's another wing that needs to be filled and it's possible that they just play McRae as a wing the whole time and I don't know if I want to risk that as a captaincy. Might, I might True. vice-captain him in that case. Um, so, I, I mean, I... Th- feel like Bontempelli then becomes like the safer of the options. Um, but he's got that shoulder niggle. So maybe exactly. Dunkley, but he's playing forward. <laughs> Dunkley's role's not good. I mean... I, I, yeah, I think I, English is just English. the obvious one. I think English is the obvious one. Okay. Let, let's pray for Crips. Um, and then... Dale, and then I think Dale I'll just go Took. I think I'll bypass all of the Bulldogs and go with Took if, if uh, Crips doesn't get the job done. Yeah, that's okay. that, that, that's my laid. final if word. I, if I own lead, I'd do lead pretty easily. Yeah, they do. I don't own lead, so absolutely, I would, I would also consider that. Um, all right, that's that's going to do us. All right, perfect. Well, you, uh, you love doing these outros, so go for it. I can. All right, so if you have any questions, uh, please find JB at JB underscore DRSC. Find myself at Pistol underscore DRSC. Find Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC. Or our main Dr. Supercoach page, which is Dr. underscore SC on Twitter. Otherwise, thanks everybody for listening. I can't remember if there's anything more I had to say, JB, but uh, we'll <laughs> see you all next week. Cheers, guys. Catch us next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.